How are y'all doing? All right. We'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know how you're doing. Um, so um, we have some really amazing things that are happening in the church. It's been very, very exciting. Uh, so, you know, last week we set an attendance record uh, and it wasn't even close. Like more than 200 people came to church last week. And I'm not talking about with the kids and everything. Kids don't even count. But like kind of like in the Bible, you know, the women and the children don't even count. Um, but <clears throat> I meant for numbers, just for the numbers. Last week, over over 200 people came to church. It's th- Guys, it is such an exciting time for uh, for the church. Um, if you know any any billionaires, we need, we need a building at some point very soon. So um, what we've seen happen is people kind of limp into the church, uh, disenfranchised with church altogether, um, or or maybe hurt from a previous church, and they come here and they and they uh, they're like, whoa, there's messed up people that make up a church, and that's I fit in. Uh, so uh, you know we're not we don't have it all down. We we're not perfect, um, but we do love each other and we are very welcoming and uh, y'all are nailing it with that. So thank you so much. Uh, the best is yet to come guys. So we'll see y'all. Are y'all here for this? All right. So uh, let's do the culture update. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm like, do I have to do it this week? So there was a Trump town hall. Also at the same time, there was a, a debate. Nikki, Nikki Haley slash Ron DeSantis um, debate. Did anybody see that? <laughs> I keep asking people and no one watched it. Uh, myself included, just so you know. Uh, <clears throat> also, um, the, uh, allies, the U S and some of our allies, uh, attacked the Houthi targets in Yemen in response to missile barrages in the Red Sea. Um, again, our government is going around the globe to try to solve the problems that other countries are having. Um, and they say this, that their reason for doing this is because if we don't do something, these countries will invade. If we don't do something in Ukraine, these countries will invade us. Or Russia will come and get us. Putin is going to come and get us. If we don't do something over there, there's going to be an invasion in our country. Guys, there's an invasion right now in our country from just a few hundred miles away. Our southern border is completely open. That's an invasion. And so I'm sorry if you did not want to hear this at church. I'm not sorry. Just kidding. I'm not sorry. Um, So I'm going to give a little bit of my opinion here. um, But um, from the Bible, my opinion about everything is informed by the word of God. I think what our country needs to do is get the plank out of our own eye before we start to help other countries. That we have problems within our borders. We have problems for our country that we need to take care of before we say, hey, let's just go help the world. Um, we have the open border. We're protecting other people's borders, but not our own. Um, we have inflation at, at an all-time high. We have crime in, in big cities at an all-time high. We have more energy under our feet than, than the Middle East has all put together. And yet we don't want to drill because, you know, the environment and... Uh, and what, whenever I look at these things, and, and it can be overwhelming, it seems kind of overwhelming at times. Look, Jesus is still on the throne, and I'm going to still worship him, and we're going we're gonna to put our hope and our trust in him and what he can do, right? Are y'all with me? Okay, so there's one more thing that I've been asked about many times this week, and I want to share with you my thoughts. Now, I have to warn you, okay, 
let me just warn you. I'm just going to give you my thoughts on this, okay? I'm going to give you some facts, and then you can make your own judgment off of that, okay? Okay. Did y'all see the mall in Miami? Okay. <clears throat> if you haven't seen them, let me tell you what happened. So um, every single police unit in the city of Miami, over 200 units, were sent out to the mall because what they said, there were teenagers fighting. They closed the airspace over the mall. They shut down every incoming and outgoing flight while this event was going on because there were teenagers fighting in the mall. Y'all believe that? Me neither. So um, not only that, here, I'll, I'll add to it a little bit more. Um, every police officer that responded had to sign a non-disclosure agreement that they would not talk about what they saw in the, in the mall. There were people that were there that got out before the non-disclosure agreements were brought up. So look, here's where it's going to get a little weird, okay? Just warning you, it's going to get weird. What these people said was going on was there were glitching 10-foot beings walking around the mall. What is a glitching 10-foot being? I have no idea. They said they were aliens. There were 10-foot aliens in the mall. So the government said there were teenagers fighting. The people that saw said there were glitching 10-foot aliens. Something happened. You don't send every unit in Miami to a location if something didn't happen. So do you remember not too long ago, if you believed in aliens, you were a conspiracy theorist. And then the government's like, uh-oh, we're going to have to tell them. And so... Now, if you don't believe in aliens, you're the conspiracy theorist. I, I'm, I'm on that side. Like, those aren't aliens, guys. Those are what people said. Those are interdimensional beings. Now, whenever I say interdimensional, again, it's going to get weird. I'm going to show you. In the upcoming months, we're going to talk about this a lot more. Um, but as the, the end times come and we're, we're getting further or closer and closer to when Jesus returns, when the end is going to be here, um, when we get the veil that is between the spiritual and the carnal, the things that we see, that veil is thinning. It's getting thinner and thinner. And actually, going forward, if you're going to be the one that is thought of as crazy if you haven't seen any demonic activity going on. Because those aren't aliens. Those are demons. Those are interdimensional meaning those are those are spiritual beings that people are starting to see and we're going to see a lot more of that coming up guys i hope you're with me because you, we need to be people that are informed we need to have our opinions and our ideas informed by the bible and so we're going to study the bible and look at everything through that lens okay see i told you it was going to get weird and i are like yeah he's i don't know about this church <clears throat> I don't know about this church. So, I warned you that... Hey, Larry, can you get Jessica? Um, I warned you that today I was going to talk about tithing. If you walked into this church and you're like, I'm sorry if you did not want to hear about money, but 
I'm going to talk to you about it from the Bible perspective. You don't have to agree. If you don't agree, and it's it's perfectly okay, I'm never going to pressure you and make you give. I'm never going to pressure you and say, you have to tithe or else get out. Never. Like, I, I don't even know if you give. And I purposely make it like that because, so that to say, if you aren't giving and you're like, well, Randy's being rude to me because I don't give money. Look, I don't know. I'm just being rude to you because I'm a jerk. That's the only reason. I'm not doing it because of that. I'm doing it because I don't like you. Okay? And I love you in Jesus' name, but I don't like all of y'all. Like, I mean, y'all, y'all, some of y'all know, right? Like, you know if I don't like you. I'll probably tell you. <laughs> so let's talk about what's the difference between believing and having faith. Believing is in the brain. Having faith is in the heart. Having faith is actually where you put your actions. You have actions that go with having faith. When you believe, you can believe anything. And if you, you can believe in all kinds of things, you can believe in interdimensional being. Okay? You can believe in all kinds of things and have no action that goes with it. So do you really believe if you, there's no actions that go with it? You can't have faith. You can't have trust in the Lord without believing. You certainly can, and many do have believing without faith and trust, without any actions to go with it. So I've talked about it many times, so I'm not going to hammer it in, but it's like the difference in becoming and being a Christian and being a disciple. Christian, the, the word Christian is mentioned in the New Testament three times, just three times. The word disciple, 273 times. We're supposed to be disciples, not just Christians. Christians, I'll say, are people that believe. Disciples are people that, but disciples are people that uh, a disciple believes in God. Not only a disciple believe is somebody that believes in God, but a disciple believes God. Slight difference. Uh, a disciple is someone who submits to the Word of God. A disciple is someone who seeks to know God in every area of their life. A disciple, um, Jesus said, Jesus didn't say go and make Christians. He said go and make disciples. Go and make people that follow and and apply the word to their life. Did you know that in churches, 20% of the people do 100% of the work? You know that? 20% of the people pay for everything. Like, it's not the whole church. If if a whole church were gung-ho and really full of disciples, the the gates of hell would not prevail against something like that. So um, we need to be filled a church full of disciples, right? Are y'all with me? Okay, now look, I'm going to do kind of an illustration that terrifies me to do. Um, so just bear with me. This may not go anything like I want it to go. So just bear with me. Come on, bud. <clears throat> right here, this one, this one. Hey, hey, now go ahead, this one. This is my grandson. He is three years old. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, <clears throat> hey, can you draw me a smiley face? Why not? Google paper. Okay, I'll give you a paper. Okay, here is your paper. Here is your crayon. Draw it however you want. Draw me a smiley face. A smiley face, okay? Just do what I'm asking. 
That's good. Hey, look what you're doing. Don't look at the people. Is is that a smiley face? Okay. Good. Are you going to draw a smiley face, buddy? That's okay. It's red. Yeah. Draw a smiley face. <laughs> buddy, I don't think you're drawing a smiley face. Are you drawing a smiley face? Okay. You're yeah, okay. <laughs> Is that a smiley face? Okay, are you done? Look at me. Are you done? Can I have it, please? Can I have it, please? No, not drawing a house. That's all. Okay, I need that. Can I have it, please? Buddy, please. Look at me. Remember, we practiced. Thank you, sir, for willingly giving me the smiley face. Hey, I think that's all I need you for. You ready to go? Say bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> go, buddy. Good job. All right, I got to show you something. This is this is wonderful. Look at this smiley face. Isn't that a wonderful smiley face? Now, listen, I need you to objectively look at this for a second. He's gone. You're not going to hurt his feelings. Is this a good smiley face? Y'all lying. Y'all are lying. He can't hear you. Okay. Is this a good smiley face? What is wrong with y'all? Hey, look, let me ask. Hey, is this, is this a good smiley face? Tell the truth. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, little kids will always tell the truth. They will make fun of your face. So, look, here's the deal. Um, what's cool is I asked him to do something, and he couldn't do the thing until I gave him the things he needed to do the thing. God asks you to do stuff, and then the only way you can do it is if he gives you the things to do it. So, as a matter of fact, you see this smiley face? I can very easily, without even trying, draw a better smiley face than this. And I'm not an artist, but if I was an artist, I could very easily draw a smiley I didn't even, if I needed a smiley face, first of all, I wouldn't ask him. <laughs> Secondly, I would just draw it myself because I could do it way better. Everything that the Lord has asked you to do, he could do infinitely better than you could do he could fulfill the great commission like that but you know why he doesn't because he loves you and he invites you in i love this little guy so i'll ask him hey buddy draw me a smiley face and then give it to me because i want it and i only want it because it's yours I want you to give it to me joyfully because it's yours. So if I give, give him his income and he grabs it and he starts poking himself in the eye, or if he does what a lot of you did, do, would do with this, is he starts eating it. That ghost. Would it be, would I be a very loving grandfather, a loving guardian a loving god to give him more of these no 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 no. if he's doing something to hurt himself why would i equip him with more 
of the things to hurt himself. If he's being disobedient with what I'm already giving him, why would I give him more? Because I can tell you this, he was faithful to draw me. <laughs> he was faithful to do exactly what I asked him to do because I asked him for that. If he wasn't though, would it be wise to give him more? If he's, if he's faithful with the little things, would it be would it stand to reason that he would be faithful with a little bit bigger things and then a bigger things and then bigger things and then bigger things? Because it seems to me that someone who is faithful with a little will be faithful with a lot. And someone who's disobedient with a lot will be disobedient with a, or disobedient with a little will be disobedient with a lot. That's what the Bible says. That's not an opinion. So let's talk about, let's talk about tithing. Don't squirm in your seats. I'm not talking to you. If you don't want to tithe, here, I'm let you free. Don't tithe. There you go. If you don't go to church here, I'm telling you, go back to your church and tithe. If you belong to Jesus, I'm making some assumptions here. If you belong to Jesus, then you should be part of a church. If you're not, become part of a church. It doesn't have to be this one. It can be a different one. It's fine. Become part of a church and then do everything that the Bible tells you to do. If uh, if this is your church and you're not a member yet, you still kind of have a little bit of a window to not tithe, okay? If you are a member of this church, meaning you filled out that card, we are having our next week is our, uh, we're voting for new council members and uh, you have to be a member to vote. You have to be a member for your vote to matter. You have to be a citizen. <laughs> also, you have to be alive okay, um, in order for your vote to matter. So um, if, if you want your vote to count and you're not going to be here next Sunday, we have in the, the sound booth these papers that are absentee ballots. Your, your vote will count. If you come next Sunday, you are going to vote that day. If you cannot make it next Sunday and you say, oh, I need a ballot, um, I'll turn it in on Monday. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, you return it in all you want, but it's not going to count. This is not Pennsylvania. We do not take ba ballots after the election day. So um, if you are a member, that means you filled out that card, and that means you agreed to everything that is on the, the agreement card. That means there is an expectation that you would do the things that you agreed to. So you are the person I am putting the weight on. So, and I'm only putting the weight on it because that's what the Bible says. And I'm going to show you. See, whenever we start talking about money, people get uncomfortable because the American church or the prosperity gospel has really, really scared you about money. It, it makes it to where um, people, as soon as they start hearing about money, they're like, oh, they're just trying to get rich. Oh, I'm really trying to get rich. Let me tell you how rich I I used to own a Chick-fil-A, and it was a very successful Chick-fil-A. And I, if I wanted to be rich, I would not be here. I would be making, I would be eating all the chicken minis I wanted for free. I still eat at Chick-fil-A two or three times a week because I'm super healthy. And, uh, and I love, love, love Chick-fil-A. Um, I, I, I'd still be there because I would be... Uh, if I was about money, I would still be there. But you know what? My life is about doing what the Lord has called me to do. Over and over and over, that's all it's been about is doing what the Lord has called me to do. So I know that there are different types of people in here. That There are some people who totally get the idea, totally get the concept, and they're faithful givers. They they tithe. They do their tithe and offering. They never miss, and they, they always do. I know there are some people in here, no clue. 
whatsoever. They've heard of the phrase tithe and offering, but they don't have any idea what it is. So I'm going to hope to um, clear up some of your misunderstandings. And I would like for you to, if you could, lay aside your preconceived ideas if you disagree with the tithe. Lay aside your preconceived ideas and your traditions, and let's just do what Life Church does. Let's just look at what the Bible teaches and then commit to doing whatever it is that the Bible teaches, okay? All right, so um, again, I'm going to let you off the hook. You don't have to tithe. You also don't have to refrain from murder. You can go murder. Please don't. You don't have to tell the truth. You can lie every chance you get. You don't have to love each other unless you want to be a disciple, unless you want to be obedient and do what is right according to the way that God sets things up. If you want to be in covenant or agreement with the Lord in your finances, if you want him to rebuke, the Bible says rebuke the devourer for your sake, then you have to be, you have to understand that it's a stewardship thing, that you're in covenant with him. There are more scriptures about money than there are about forgiveness, love, and prayer combined. It's, it's almost like the Lord knew that y'all were going to be hard-headed. Not me, y'all, okay? Because I'm not. Just kidding. Um, this is something I realized this morning. Just so y'all know how awesome I am. Um, I was thinking about it, about, you know, because I knew I was talking about the tithe. and I'm, I'm thinking about, I have not one time in my entire adult life, not once or when I was a kid, but ever in my life, I've never tithed. Jessica always does it. Like, always. I've never, like, of course we agree and, you know, we talk about it, but I've never w written a check. I don't even know if we have checks. Like, I've never done swiped a card if that's how it's done. I've never put cash in an envelope and put it and wrote on the envelope. I've never done that, ever. The whole time we've been part of, so, listen, this is what you do. Get somebody that's smarter than you and let them do Okay. Um, so, I, I, but I'm all about it. Like I, I've, I've honestly never only given 10% of my income either. And I'm not telling you that's a brag. I'm not like, look how good I am. I'm so dumb that there's been many times where I've, where we've given more than 20% or 10% because I'm like, what's 10% of, and I just did the math wrong. And I just say, hey, do this. And so I'm, it's, don't think I, I don't think I'm holy. I know you don't, but don't. So uh, stewardship means that you own nothing, but you manage everything, right? So you manage what God puts in your hands. You manage these things because he wants to invite you in. The earth and all of its fullness, he has everything. It's all his, and he invites you in. He calls on you to manage the very little bit of you. This is your income, the very little bit of what he gives you. He calls on you and he says, this is how you manage this thing. And if you manage it well, like you don't really own it, it's his. He, he owns it because he purchased you and everything about you on the cross. It's all his. Everything that you have, every second that you live past their moment of salvation, Every second belongs to him. You're on borrowed time right now. If you know Jesus, this time isn't yours. It belongs to him. He purchased it at a high, the Bible says, at a high price. So let's look at what the Old Testament says. I'm going to address the New Testament in a minute, but let's look at the Italian prophet Amalici. 
I love saying that. It's a Malici. It's not really, it's a Malachi, but I just like saying Malici because it's fun. Hey, everyone, stay Malici. See, it's fun. Francisco. Anyway, so he says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. It's, it's a little strange to me that he starts a section of scripture that he's talking about the tithe and the offering by saying, I am the Lord, I do not change. That is why you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. I love it when the Bible calls him Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Some of you have been dealing with the same issues in your finances year after year, over and over and over. When I grew up, I did not grow up in a wealthy family. I grew up in a, in a, in a poor family. It took me a very long time to get out of the poverty mentality that I always had. That I'm poor. I can't afford to do that. I can't do that because we just don't have enough money. So I always had this like this idea, this concept. We have family members that will, and maybe you have family members like this too. We have family members. They'll call us once, once or twice, like every other month. They'll call us and be, "Hey, look, I need eighty-one dollars, or my lights are going to get turned off." I need, I need $800, no, $804, some weird number always, because if not, I'm going to get kicked out of my, of my place. And they had this perpetual cycle of poverty that they are just stuck in. They're just stuck and they just, they keep doing this thing over and over and over. If you ever come to me and the church helps, that's part of what you're, you're tied, you're offering. There are people that get into really tight spots and the church is here to help. We're not here to to pay all your bills all the time. The church isn't here to pay my, all my bills all the time. The church is here to help people. And so um, there are times where we, we do that. But the very first thing we're going to say to you is, are you tithing? Again, I don't know. I don't know if you're tithing. Not my business between you and the Lord. There's, only, there's literally only one person here that knows if you tithe, if you give. And that's Jessica. And she's already looking at you funny. It doesn't, it's not because you're giving or not. She already, she's probably been mean to you. Probably just because that's how she is. She's mean to me too. I need help. So have you been saying that you believe without applying the actions that prove that you believe? And not just some of the actions, but all of the actions. Have you in your finances been spending the first 10% because that belongs to the Lord? And if you've been spending that, you've been robbing God. The Bible says that that is cursed for your consumption. It does not belong to you. It belongs to him. And so from this point on, everyone that can hear me, if you're listening on the podcast, everyone that can hear me, you cannot claim ignorance ever again. The first 10% of any money that comes to you belongs to the Lord if you belong to the Lord. Are, are you all with me? Yeah, some of y'all are. Some of y'all are like, oh, man. It's okay. I'm going to free you up on, on all of it. So uh, Malichi continues. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, 
into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me now by it, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Raise your hand if you're in here and you don't want to be blessed. See, look, I knew a teenager would raise their hand. It always is without fail every time. There's one knucklehead named Emmett that will raise their hand at the wrong time. So the storehouse of God, how does this work? So the storehouse of God is where you would go to get fed. You are being fed here, the storehouse of God. And, and he says, if you are faithful, test me by this. If you're faithful, see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing far beyond. You know, because he has unlimited resources. You know that, right? The Lord does not, is not uh, short on money. He will, he will open up. The, he has plenty of paper. He has plenty. Look. He, the Lord has. He will open up the windows of heaven and give you unlimited supply of all the income if far beyond what you could imagine oh this is what you have you have this little bitty thing it's this this your income it's your income and he's like get you know if you could just give me the first tenth of that guess what i have for you he wants a little piece of this and you're like it's mine my possession and what does he want to do if you're obedient? What does a little thing, what does he want to do? He wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. This is the Lord's desire for you. And the only reason it doesn't happen is because you're a knucklehead. It's because you're holding so tightly the tithes and the offering and, and stewardship so the definition of tithe, I know I'm talking to some people that maybe have never heard the concept. The definition of tithe is the first tenth of your income. It's not 5%. You don't tithe 5%. You cannot tithe 5% because the tithe is called the first tenth. So you give, you can give 5%. And if you're not ready to tithe and you're only ready to give 5%, keep doing that. It's fine. You'll get there. As you learn to be obedient, you'll get there. Um, don't you want to be here? Um, uh, I've heard people say, well, I just, you know, instead I just tithe my time. You can't tithe your time because the tithe is the first tenth of your income. It's not time. It has nothing to do with time. You can give 10% of your time. Thanks. We appreciate you volunteering in the kids' department. We appreciate you <laughs> volunteering wherever you can, the kids' department. So um, when you give 10% of your income to the church where you are, being spiritually fed, where your kids are being served and, and fed, where you're learning, you're being trained, where you're growing and you're worshiping. You don't give your tithe to a charity. You don't give your tithe to buy clothes for the homeless. You don't give your tithe um, to an orphanage. Absolutely, you should do those things. As we gather together and we're all tithing and we're, we're doing the thing, we, the church is able to do those things through the church. It's a flow through the church. You should, if the Lord puts on your heart to donate to an orphanage, please do that thing, but not with the tithes. The tithe belongs to 
it's to be brought into the storehouse, which this is a storehouse if this is your church. As if you have a different church, that's your storehouse. If you don't have a church, join us, and then this will be your storehouse. This, this will be the place where you're fed and where you're growing and where your kids are fed and growing and served and loved. So you should do these, these other things, but not with the tithe. Tithing is bringing back to God what is rightfully his. We know in truth that everything is God's, right? Every bit of it's God's. And we're going to be held accountable for the things that he puts in our hands. You're going to be held accountable for how well you handle. Don't you feel like this is your income sometimes? Like, oh, it's just a little bitty crayon. Uh, and like, you're like, can I have a big fat crayon income? You can have more than the big fat crayon income when you're obedient. How, how, if Daniel was poking himself in the eye with a little crayon, would it be loving of me to give him more weapons to hurt himself with? No, but so what happens when we're disobedient with the little is we still have to learn the lesson that we belong to the Lord. Every bit of what we have belongs to the Lord. If we do what we're supposed to do with it, and and I don't want to, I don't get it bent in your mind. Okay, I'll start giving just so I can have more, more money. If you do the thing, you may not have more money, but other things will happen. Other miraculous things. The average Christian gives 3%. What is the tithe again? Do you remember what percentage it was? 10%. The average Christian gives 3%. The average Christian needs to go back to math class. This is the only place in the entire Bible that God says, test me on this and see what I do. Go ahead and test me. I dare you. He would say, bet. Bet. Bet I don't bless you. Bet. Bet I will, I will open up the windows of heaven and you won't lack. So last year we did this and it, it, was, it was phenomenal. It was revolutionary in many people's lives. I want to challenge you. If you've never tithed before, if you were tithing and you stopped tithing, if you were giving, but you weren't giving 10%, I want to challenge you. Do this for six months. Do this until Jan June 14th. Do this and I bet, bet the Lord won't bless you. Bet, let's see what happens. Because there were people that very soon after came to me and they were like, hey, look, there's no way to explain what has happened in our finances without saying the Lord's name. There's no way we could say, look, we did this. We were just so good. It's too coincidental. There's no such thing. It's too coincidental that as soon as we decided in our hearts to do this, that the, the, the like things started happening in our finances that were unbelievable. Look, you may not win the lottery, there's a possibility that you won't win the lottery if you start giving, if you start tithing. But you won't lack. You'll have everything you need. You won't lack. And there, there were other people, this was so funny to me, because of how, how blinded we can get when we're, when we're looking at our own circumstances. Somebody said to me, um, hey, I'm, I'm really having a hard time in my finances right now. And I said, do you tithe? Well, yeah, I did that six-month challenge, and it was everything was really good during that six-month challenge, but I stopped because I'd only committed to doing the six months. 
And I said, and now you, are you not tight? No, 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 not really. No, not really. When you're talking to the pastor means no, absolutely not. Okay. So no, no, I'm not. Uh, and he was wondering what happened. It's like, well, here, let me see if I can, I can make it clear to you. You, you had the Lord's protection over all of your finances, not just the 10%, the little piece you have the, the Lord's protection over all of your finances. And then when you said, you know what? I don't, Lord, no, I, I can do that on my own. Okay, the Lord lets you do. You can do it however you want to do it. But you, you can't do it your way and, and ignore his way and expect the same protection. That's not how it works. You, you have to be obedient. And when you're obedient, the Lord, you free him up to bless you, the thing, the blessings he wants to give you, right? Okay, so. Malichi says, and I will rebuke the devourer, the devourer, for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. We give because our hearts are kingdom-minded. Life church people are kingdom-minded minded people. We're not so concerned about the situation, the circumstances of today. We're looking at the kingdom and how can we win people into the kingdom of God? How can we love people into the kingdom of God? Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So we put our treasure where our heart is. We don't, we don't allow our money to have us. We have our money. We don't allow our things to have us. We have our things. And so if you look back at your finances, and how you invest it. It's not about the, I don't want you to look back, like you look back over last year's finances and say, look, I spent a lot of money on my mortgage. I didn't spend nearly as much on my on my uh, my giving at the church. That's not what it's about at all. Think about when you get income, what's the first thought? Is it, I'm going to buy me another Stanley Cup? <laughs> or is it, or is it, you know, I'm, this, the Lord blessed me with this. I can't wait to bless him back with this. I can't wait to give him what belongs to him. Only 5% of Christians actually give the first tenth of their income. Only 5%. That's heartbreaking that only 5% seem to get it. Only 5% are in covenant with the Lord and their finances. Tithing is a reminder that all the things that we have belong to him. It's a show of thankfulness. Some of us need to break free from that cycle of, of poverty. And so here's your ticket. You want to break free from that? Do it. Tithe, bet, test him. See what happens. You've been robbing God and hindering what he wants to do in your life. And it's time that you put your money where your mouth is. You're welcome. A little pun there. How can he, if, if what you already have is destroying you, how can he give you more? How can he, it, 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 how can he give you more resources if you're not even obedient in the little thing you already have? So maybe you're someone who says, you know, that's an Old Testament principle. Um, Jesus came to fulfill and get rid of the Old Testament which is not really what the Bible says, but uh, we're not under the law. 
Jesus actually fulfilled the law. I've heard this argument many times, especially when it comes to tithing. So I'm really glad that you guys brought this up. Jesus said, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. He's saying the tithe is such a small thing, but you ignore the big things like justice, mercy, and faith. Now, look, the next sentence could be revolutionary for you. I don't understand how people can say, look, we're really not supposed to tithe in the New Testament. Jesus said this crazy sentence, you should tithe, yes. And he said yes in all caps. Like he was going hardcore after it. People say, look, that's the tithe is the Old Testament thing. It's not the New Testament. Jesus said, you should tithe, yes. And in the Greek, what that means is, you should tithe, yes. He says, but do not neglect the more important things, you blind guides. You strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a little bitty gnat. But what you do is you swallow a camel instead. It's like you are so hard-headed. You are so dumb. Why are you so dumb? You swallow, like you do the, the, you're missing out. You're like so careful to follow the small thing, but you ignore the big things. The tithe is such a small thing. It's like being, being uh, penny wise and dollar foolish. Like you, you're so good at doing the, at doing the little thing that the big things you miss. It's bigger than the rules. See, the Old Testament was the rules. They were the external rules. They were on the outside. And you read the rules, you're like, okay, these are the things I have to do. I have to do these 10 things if you have the 10 commandments. or these 380 different commandments that we've been given. I have to do all these things. And then if I follow all of these rules, I'm good. I'm just going to follow the rules. If you seek to just follow the rules, you miss out on the fullness. You miss out on living and walking in the fullness. If you're always in your life, you're always like, how close to the edge can I get and still be okay? How close to sin can I get and still be okay? Or you ask yourself a question, is it a sin if I, if you ever ask yourself, is it a sin if I, whatever comes after that, don't do that thing. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Is it a sin if I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day? Look, if you think it's a sin, if you think it might be a sin, don't do it. Because no one ever says, I wonder if it's a sin if I, if I actually go and help people that need help. I wonder if it's a sin if I actually serve in the kids' department. <laughs> it might cause you to sin, to be true. But I wonder if it's a sin if I, and no one ever says, I wonder if it's a sin if I, and then say a good thing after that. They only say, I wonder if it's a sin if I drink but don't get drunk. I wonder if it's a sin if I, if I just give nine and a half percent. Like, I wonder if it's, and they stand at the edge. You know, you don't, you, you don't find the center of God's will by standing on the edge. You find that far, you, the, the edge isn't even a consideration. Like, how close can I get to getting away with something without actually doing a wrong thing? That doesn't even come across your mind because you want to be in the center of God's will, Right? So maybe you're someone who says, 
I can't afford to tithe. I can't even pay my bills right now. Why would you think that I could possibly tithe? I Look, again, this is between you and God. It is not between you and me. It is not between you and Jessica. It is not between you and our church council. It is not between you and the church. It is not between you and your boss. It is not between you. It is between you and the Lord. Are y'all with me? So I just want to be really clear. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not trying to trap you. I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm not trying to pressure you. I'm, it is between you and God. And that's where it needs to stay, between you and God. Because I, I don't want you coming later and, and you saying, that church was making me tithe. I know people who are completely turned off of church because when they were teenagers, they were the, the church that they went to pressured them into giving and so they weren't allowed to, to, I mean, they weren't able to pay their bills because the, the pastor said to them, listen, if you don't tithe, you're going to hell. That, that's not what the Bible says, okay? Just to be clear, the Bible doesn't say that. So if you don't tithe, then, then you're going to get sick. If you're sick and you're not tithing, that's why you're sick. I've heard pastors say this, and I want to punch them in their throats. Spiritually. No, for real, I just want to punch So I just, like... I'm, I'm real, okay? I won't punch them in their real throats. So this is between you and the Lord, okay? Um, but if you're in that boat, if you're like, I, I can't, like, I can't. We have people that can help walk you through how to budget better. You know, and they'll sit down with you, and the, the people that are good at this will actually be confrontational with you. And they're like, look, look. You spend $200 a month on makeup. Is that a lot or a little? I have no idea. I Honestly, I have no idea. You spend $200 a month on ice cream. Okay, that's a lot for ice cream, right? So you, you, and like, I think you could tithe if you stop buying so much ice cream or whatever. Like, so we have people that... How many Stanley mugs do you need? Like, so they'll, they'll say to you, you, look, you, you say you can't tithe, but then you have all of this other stuff going to things that, that like, y'all seen The Office, right? When he does this, like, little bar graph, and he's like, the, like these are things that, that you don't need. These are things that nobody needs that you are spending money on. So these are things that no one should ever waste money on. And he had all these magic kits and all this. Anyway, so um, besides the point. They'll sit down with you and they'll help you to budget. And then they'll show you. Financial Peace University starts tomorrow evening, okay? We have eight kits still available. They are $59.95 a piece. I'm not supposed to say this, but if you cannot afford to, to, to buy one of these kits, it, it's so ironic that you have to buy a kit to do a financial class. But there's a reason you have to buy the kit. If so, if you say, I just can't, I can't. Okay, pay $6 a month until you pay it off. Pay $5 a month until you pay it off. Or, look, I'll buy it for you. And I'm not wealthy, just to be clear. I remember I was saying the Chick-fil-A thing. I'm not wealthy, okay? I don't have any Chick-fil-A money. There's no chicken money anymore, okay? So, <laughs> so, but we'll take care of it. Because I'm telling you, that will change, that will revolutionize your finances. Whenever I, we did this, uh, Jessica and I did this several years ago, um, I actually owned a multi-million dollar business at the time, and 
I learned so many financial principles in that. I don't agree with every single thing that Dave Ramsey says, but uh, he's got a firm grasp and it's and it's easy to understand and it's entertaining. The videos are entertaining. So starts tomorrow night. If you want to do it, come and talk to me after service. I won't judge you. I won't condemn you. I'll make a face at you. We'll sign you up. Okay. So you may, you would obviously expect a pastor because we're all trying to get jets so we can fly around the world and I'm trying to have the biggest house in the state. And so I've heard pastors say these things. I have the biggest house in the state of Georgia. Biggest house in the state of Georgia. Why would a pastor say that and then ask you to give money? I don't understand. So anyway, I do not have the biggest house within the three houses on my street, okay? So just to be clear, um, you would expect me to say all these things about money. Find somebody that is that is faithful in their giving, and they have a story for you. Every single one of them will have a story for you on what happened to them when they started faithfully giving. Every single one of them will tell you the same story. They'll be like, look, we started giving, and then this miracle happened in our finances. Or we started giving, and for some reason, my dryer has never broken in 55 years. It's like, we, we got new appliances when we moved here four years ago, and all of them have broken already. He's supposed to be rebuking the devourer. I don't know what happened, okay? The work and the mission that God has called Life Church New Braunfels to do will be accomplished. And that, that, that work will be accomplished with or without you. Whether you want to give or not, it is bigger than just your obedience, okay? The weight of the mission is not just on you. It is on all of us to be obedient to what the Lord has very clearly told us to do. Someone else will serve probably in the kids' department if you don't want to serve. Someone else will, will do that, and they will receive the blessing that is that God intended for you. Someone else will give in your place, and they will receive the blessing that God intended for you. But with all of the things and all of the excitement, I know that you guys wake up on Sunday morning and you're excited to come to church. I know that because you're like, you have this thing. There's a thing going on that cannot be described in words. It's that it factor. And we just, oh, what what is going on here? It's amazing. It's not because of me, right? I mean, usually I get in there, a really hearty amen right there. Um, it's it's not because I'm so wonderful, though I am. It's not, It's it's because... God is doing something, and we get to be a part of it. God has invited us in, even though he can do it better, way better. I can draw a way better smiley face. And God invites us in because he wants to. He doesn't need you. He wants you. The mission will be accomplished with or without you. Giving is about honoring God, putting your belief and your action in what he says and what he has told us to do. I've never seen anyone who is faithful in their tithes and offerings not make it. Somehow, and they won't make it on their own, and I'm not very clearly not saying they have everything that they want. That's not possible. You cannot have everything you want. I literally, I could have Elon Musk's money and still be like, I want to buy Australia and I can't afford it. Like, you, you can never have everything you want. There were times where I had a bunch of money, and there were times where I've had no money, and I have not had everything I've wanted. At any point, I have not had everything I wanted. It's not possible. I can tell you my needs are always met, most of the time by 
my the income that the Lord has given me because I've been faithful in it. So he somehow makes it work. Sometimes by other people coming alongside of me. Sometimes it's by this random money that comes in the mail that I'm like, I got a rebate from T-Mobile one time. I hadn't had T-Mobile for 15 years. And I got a $200 rebate from T-Mobile. And I was like, there's a class action lawsuit going around somewhere and you're going to get some money from class action lawsuit because if if you will tie, the Lord give you a class action. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just did it. Totally joking. Okay. I've just seen those things. So I'm not, that's could be true. It could happen or maybe not, but he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And the people that are giving, they somehow always end up ahead. Somehow it just, it just keeps happening. Proverbs 10 says, the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Whenever I was a a Chick-fil-A owner, I've always been a jerk in case y'all thought it just started happening. Um, I had a pad of applications that I would keep in my front seat. And every time I saw somebody saying, need work, a, f- a cardboard sign at a street corner, need work. I would just roll my window down and I say, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, I give you. And I handle my, uh, an application. And I did this a lot, like hundreds of times. Do you know how many people came and worked for me? Zero. Like, I can't work. I don't have an address. Oh, it's okay. I'll hire you. It's fine. I'll hire you. And not only will I hire you, I'll feed you for free, and I will help you to get back on your feet. You do not have to worry about that. I will, don't know where, we have no, Christians have no obligation to the lazy. We have obligation to the widow. We have an obligation to the poor. We have an obligation to the orphan. But we do not have an obligation to the people who don't want to, so, that doesn't mean that everybody that's holding up a sign is lazy. That does not mean that. Sometimes people get back into a tight spot and, and you just use your discernment to see what the Lord says. Every time I want you to, every time you see somebody with a sign, pray. That person needs prayer regardless. And you pray, Lord, am I supposed to help this person? And if he says yes, help the person. It's that simple. And if he doesn't say anything, it's up to you. And if he says no, you better not help that person because he's probably teaching that person something. Your investment in the kingdom through Life Church, New Braunfels, is valuable far beyond what you can see. Next week, we're doing our, um, our financial report. So we talk about the finances of the past year and all of the things that that, that that the Lord did with those finances, and we talk about what's coming in this coming year. Who knows? Who knows? But, I mean, hopefully, good stuff, right? The best is yet to come. I promise you, the best is yet to come. So, um, I talk about voting already, right? Okay, so that's where I, I did it in the first service, but there. So, um, Proverbs 3 says, 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first and best parts of all your income, then your barns will be full. Then you will have enough. Go ahead and test me. Then you will have enough. Honor does not mean give them whatever's left after you pay all your bills and you check everything to make sure. And then you you, you spend all the money on the, all the things that you want. And then whatever's left over, go ahead and, and give them a tip. It means, um, th- he says, with the first and the best part of all your income. Honor means that he is the priority in your life. And when you don't have to get wrapped up in the wording. You don't have to get wrapped up in the in the details of that. 
I know everybody does it differently. Some people, as soon as they get the money, they do it right away. That's great. You can't go wrong if that's what you do. Some people wait until the end of the month because that's how they do their finances. Fine. As long as the Lord is your priority. As long as that is your, the Lord is your priority. Just want to save some marriages here. So if one of the spouses says, do it this way, I want to spouse to do that. Look, just y'all come to a compromise. So um, we understand that he is the source of our blessings, right? So I want to challenge you that you would just settle the tithe in your heart and that you would do what he has told you to do, period, right? Okay, so real quick, I'm going to go over. You've, you've heard tithe and offering, and people have asked me, so what, what is an offering? Like, I get what the tithe is, 10%, got it. So what is an offering? So the offering begins at 10.0001%. So anything beyond the 10% is an offering. If it's less than 10%, it's not an offering, it's giving. If it's the first 10%, it's not an offering, it's the tithe. The first 10% already belongs to the Lord. He hands it to you and he says, all right, will you give that back to me? And he trusts you to give it back to him. And if you give it back to him, you're being faithful and you're being obedient. So um, he handed it to you to invite you to participate. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul said, remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. He who sows generously will also reap generously and with blessing. So you're investing your offering in the kingdom. It's like a farmer who goes out and plants seeds. They plant all the seeds and then they say, I gave everything away. I gave all my seeds away. Now, look, I don't have any anything left. No, 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 no. You didn't give your seeds away. You planted your seeds. Your offering is planting in the kingdom and you just bet see what happens watch and see what the lord does with that seed that you planted uh he also says let each one of you give as he has made up in his own mind and purpose in his heart not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver that's why i said i'm not trying to pressure you i'm not trying to force you to give i'm not trying to to make you give under compulsion we aren't going to pass out extra envelopes today to everyone and say all right you do what the lord has told you to do here you go we're not doing that like, we don't even pass the bucket here. We decided very early on in life that we're not going to pass the bucket around because I don't want anybody giving because they're, like, worried about what the people around them feel and see. Like, oh, they're going to think I don't give. I gave online. <laughs> like, that's not for anybody but you and the Lord. Though the things are at the doors. So, and people will see you or not see you. That's not what it's about. So, um, whenever this a lot of people like to use this verse to say, look, see, the New Testament says that you're supposed to give as you make up in your own mind and as you purpose in your heart. Do you remember when Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount? Remember how he comes in and he says, look, this is what you have heard it said this. Now do this. You have heard it said you should not murder. I say anyone that even hates. He doesn't ever take an Old Testament principle and say, do less. Like do less say less. He doesn't ever say that. He says, here, this is what it says. This is what you think it is. It's this little thing. It's actually a much bigger thing. It's much bigger than that. The tithe is, is something that we bring back to God. The offering is where we're, we're entering into whole new realms of obedience. And you get to choose. You choose. You make up your own mind. It's not about the tithe. The tithe is already, already determined. The tithe is like getting us, if, if you're, you're giving 
the first tenth of your income, you're getting a 70 on your report card. You're passing. You got it. You're doing it. Okay. And if this is something that's new to you and it's like terrifying, awesome. You're in the good spot. When you do something terrifying for the Lord, that's a great place to be because you're like, Lord, you're going to have to do something here because I don't know what's going to happen. Awesome. Because he will, because he is faithful. Always he is faithful. Um, when people say this is a New Testament, the, the tithe is an Old Testament principle, and this is what the New Testament says, de determine in your heart what you want to give. People always determine in their heart to give less than 10%. Trust me. Like almost always, I talked to one guy and he like corrected me on it. So um, one guy and then all the rest of the people. Okay, there's one guy that does it more than 10%. But all the rest of the people were like, when you decide in your heart, well, it's like asking your teenager, decide in your heart how many of those dishes you should wash. It's zero. The answer is zero dishes. And when you do that, when you decide, it says, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. Do it God's way and you won't have to depend on anyone else. You won't have to depend on like government welfare to help you out. Welfare was never supposed to be a government thing. You know, welfare, the government used to send people to church saying, oh, you need help paying your bills? Go to the church. You need help with food? Go to the church. That's how it's supposed to be. But the government said, no, 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 we can do it better. When has the government ever done anything better? Anything better. So church would help people by saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get you back on your feet. We're going to train you spiritually and we're going to give you some job skills. We're going to feed you and we're going to teach you. And that's how you're going to learn to not be dependent on government, but you're going to be dependent on God. What about you? Do you want to be dependent on, on the government or do you want to be dependent on God? Look, most of you, almost all of you pay your taxes. It's like your, your stay out of jail fee. That's how America works. Stay out of jail. You can pay us to stay out of jail. You pay your tax because you have to. You pay your tithe because you want to. It's not a bill. It's worship. That's a major difference. Do you want to be dependent on your job to make sure that ends meet? Or do you want to be dependent on God? Do you want to be dependent on anything that you can fill that blanket? Or do you want to be dependent on God? I, me and my house... We are dependent on God. I want to be dependent on something that I can trust, not something that could come or go. I want to be dependent on something. I want my investment portfolio to be more heavily focused on kingdom things than on anything else. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is always faithful. So determine, are you a Christian, someone that says that they believe, or are you a disciple? someone that puts action with the things that they say they believe. Are you just saying it? Are you ready to do it? Are you truly going to trust him with your actions? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much uh, that you continue to just bless us far beyond uh, what we deserve, Lord. Uh, you are so good. And we thank you that Though we know you could do every bit of it better than we could ever dream of doing it, infinitely better than we could ever dream of doing it, you keep handing us the crayons 
<laughs> you're pleased with the picture we draw you. That's what we want our lives to be, Lord. A beautiful sound to your ear. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give us a minute, I'm going to tell you. It's going to be in the video. I'm going to try to see you. It's all right. It is great.